Welcome to Podcast 360, powered by the Podcast Academy. In three questions answered in 60 seconds each, you'll experience a 360-degree view of podcasting and the people who are building out the industry. Company founders will take turns sitting in the seat of both guest and host, creating a chain of podcast knowledge and perspective. These conversations are going to get down to business quickly. Each host will ask their guest three questions and they will have 60 seconds to answer each one. You'll hear the timer counting down their final 15 seconds. At the end, the guest will choose a topic to revisit and dig into a little deeper. Let's meet our experts. Today's host is... Hi, everyone. I'm Fatima Zaidi, the founder and CEO of Quill. You heard me first last week's episode where I was interviewed by Sharon Taylor of Triton Digital. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please do go back and listen. And who's in the hot seat as today's guest? Hi, I'm Dan Meisner. I am the co-founder of Bumper, a podcast growth agency. We've been podcasting for a really long time, previously at a production company called Pacific Content, and before that at the wonderful Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, public radio here in Canada. I love this stuff, and I'm really glad to be here. Before we dig in, we ask our guests to lay out two truths and a lie. Our host will guess which is the lie, We'll find out the answer together at the end of the conversation. But our host will have an opportunity to change their answer based on what they learn from our guest. Or they can stick with their first intuition. Dan, it's so great to have you on the show. I feel like you are an absolute wealth of knowledge. Every time I chat with you, I learn something more. So thank you for joining us. As Amanda mentioned, we kick things off for Podcast 360 with two truths and a lie. So you'll give us three facts about you, and I will do my best to try to guess which one is a lie. So are you ready to share those with our listeners? I am ready. I have two truths and a lie. The first podcast that I ever worked on was an award-winning vegan baking show called Let's get baked with Matt and Dave. <laughs> when I worked in public radio for about a year, the podcast feed for the CBC hourly news, our national hourly news, was powered by a Dell computer that sat underneath my desk. Wow. And this one is a bit of a running joke in our family. I have never once purchased a product or a service because I heard about it in a podcast ad. What? How is that even possible? My ND mattress, my HelloFresh subscription. I feel like I have so many products and services. Every time I listen to a podcast, I get out my credit card. I feel like all three of those sound true to me. So I'm really obviously not gifted at detecting the lie. My guess is that you have purchased a product or a service after listening to a podcast. So... That would be the lie, but let's wait till later to find out. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So now that we've gotten that taken care of, it's time for listeners to get to know you better. I have three questions for you, and you'll have 60 seconds to answer each question. After that, you get to pick one of the subjects we've covered and then go back and elaborate in more detail. So are you ready to go? Sounds great. Here we go. Okay, let's get started. So the first question that I have for you is so well tailored for you. What is good podcasting data? Good podcasting data measures people. 
And my great frustration with bad podcasting data is that it doesn't actually measure the thing that people, podcasters, want to know. Every podcaster should be concerned about who they're reaching, how much time and attention they're earning. How much of our listeners' mind share are we gaining? For brands, this is especially important, but I think for every podcaster, what they're ultimately after is people's time, people's attention. We want people to spend time with us, not just once, but again and again and again. This is an opt-in medium. This is a medium built on loyalty and passion and ongoing engagement over time. People showing up and us showing up for them. And so I think bad podcast data doesn't measure people and the best podcast data measures what people want actual attention from human beings love it that was exactly 60 seconds i'm so impressed and you and i have been on enough panels where you know that we're aligned on your answer <laughs> my second question is what is one podcast myth that you would like to debunk i would like to debunk the myth that it's easy I would like to debunk the myth that all you need is a microphone and a boardroom. I would like to debunk <laughs> the myth of overnight success. I'm not denying that that's a thing a lot of people want, but the most successful shows that I have ever worked on and the most successful shows that I've been aware of were not overnight successes. They weren't two people in a room doing the bare minimum. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes a commitment to the long haul. This is a marathon, it's not a sprint. It's about consistency, showing up episode after episode, mm -hmm. season after season. And I think if you're in it for the quick wins or you're expecting overnight hockey stick-like growth with your audience, think again, right? <laughs> this is a medium for the patient. It is not a medium for the impatient. So no vanity projects, people. And my last question is, what is one podcast audience growth hack you would like to share? And it's so well tailored for you because you have an entire agency that focuses on this particular topic. I think the most important thing that any podcaster, especially any podcast marketer can do is to understand their audience, to really take the time before you hit record, before you release an episode, before you make any decisions about what the music's going to sound like, the sound design's going to sound like, what your artwork's going to look like, before you make any of those really fun, exciting, creative decisions, take the time to deeply understand the audience that you want to serve and how they are already served. The world does not need your carbon copy of somebody else's show. The world does not need your repetition of somebody else's great idea. And so I think maybe this isn't so much of a hack as just a first step before any other hacks could happen. Know your audience, understand your audience and how they're already served and what you can do differently. Love it, love it, love it. Couldn't agree more. Podcast 360 will be right back after a quick break and a word from our sponsors. And now back to Podcast 360. So Dan, thank you for sharing more about yourself. Um, now that we've covered the three questions, you have the opportunity to choose one of the topics we covered and we'll revisit that and we can expand on your thoughts and I'm sure I will have some too. I would love to dig in deeper 
on this idea of really knowing your audience and understanding their motivations and how we can serve them as podcasters. I think it's something that not nearly enough people spend time thinking mm -hmm. about, especially in pre-production, especially in show design, especially in the less sexy moments before you actually hit record, right? The prep work. I don't know. What do you think, Fatima? Uh, how does that fit into sort of the workflows that you and your team go through? Like, how, how do you do the sort of research before you're producing a show, before the show's ever been recorded? So it's interesting that you say that because we, I was just recently having a conversation with my team and the work that we do in the pre-production phase is very focused on the ideal listener profile. Like, who are mm. we creating this show for? How can we be something to someone rather than everything to everyone? And it's often a stage in our workflow process that surprises a lot of the brands that we work with, that they almost feel like podcasting is a tactic that is intended for everyone, not realizing that, like other content mediums, knowing who the ideal listener profile is, what your competitive matrix looks like, and how you're going to position yourself in the market is arguably one of the most important steps of the process and so closely tied to audience growth and podcast marketing. So I couldn't agree more. It's before we get to the data and analytics, before we get to what are the ad spend tactics that are going to help you grow your audience, really, who is your audience? Is there a natural community around the topic that you've chosen? So that's generally the first step for us is identifying who it is so that we can stay loyal and true to our listener base as we're creating our editorial content. Yeah. I love that you talk about this idea of the ideal listener profile. The I, I think it's Stephen King who has advice for writers. He talks about uh, the ideal reader. Who is the person you have in your mind when you're thinking about someone who might really enjoy the thing that you're making? Who is the person who, if you were to sell merch, would be first in line to buy a t-shirt? If you do a live event, who's in the front row, right? Thinking about that most passionate word of mouth advocate for your show and really offering them something that is different. I love that idea of the ideal listener. In a lot of the work that we do at Bumper, we think about that ideal listener. We talk about them, you know, as a as the kind of core audience. Who are we really after? Who's that person in the front seat at our live show? We also think about other audiences. And I think this is something that a lot of podcasters miss is the opportunity not just to serve the ideal listener, but to serve other audiences who might be different than that ideal listener, right? Can you right. market the same show in different ways to different listeners? Because yeah, we want to super serve that core audience, or as you say, the ideal listener, but who else might the show appeal to? I think when you combine that idea of the ideal listener with some other audiences, an adjacent audience or a transformational audience, to use um, some word that's, that came out of innovation risk modeling mm -hmm. work that we borrowed from, like who else can we serve and how else can we market the exact same show? What other itches can we scratch beyond super fans? So I have a bumper question for you then. Yeah. That should become some sort of a, of a bumper question. Um, <laughs> Given that we know how important like audience insights and audience demographic data is actually co-host, this month we're going to be launching audience demographic information, so age, gender, household income, occupation. Yeah. How do you go about figuring out if you're reaching your, and quote-unquote, ideal listener profile and, and sort of the demographics that you're reaching are 
who you're intending to. Like all of these years, a lot of this data hasn't been available to us. Yeah. So even prior to Bumper, like curious in a former life, like what was the work that you and your production teams were doing to figure out, are you reaching the people that you intended to? I love this because you can set out to reach an audience, but how do you know if you've actually reached mm -hmm. the audience that you were trying to reach? How do you know if you're hitting the listeners that you had in your mind when you were making yeah. a show? And I think there are different ways of getting that. Obviously, the demographic information that you're describing or information like what kind of company or what company specifically are my listeners working for? that might be really important to, say, one of co-host's clients. And it sounds like that's why you're building those features in and why you're releasing that. I think there's way to, ways to sort of passively get that information and to use you know, some of the data brokers that are out there, and I think we all know their names. Um, but there's also ways of doing sort of less, uh, <laughs> less IP-based work and focusing on some of the kinds of things that, say, a listener survey can do mm -hmm. or the kinds of work that is often referred to as brand lift research, right? Working with a third-party company, and we did quite a lot of work when I was working at Pacific Content with Jeff Fiddler and his team at Signal Hill. Yeah, Signal Hill. Yeah, uh, Signal Hill Insights. Uh, they do a tremendous amount of work, and I think it's really the marriage of those two things. What is the data that we can collect, and what are the sort of technical tools that we can use, but also... What is the sort of information that those tools may not be able to fully capture that you could only get through a listener survey or a brand lift study by asking real people who have spent time with the program about measures of appeal, measures of brand affinity, measures of aided and unaided brand recall, you know, things that I, I know are relevant to your clients. Totally. That's super informative. And I mean, it kind of brings me back to your earlier point, which is you'd like to, you know, debunk the myth that podcasting is easy. I, you know, blows my mind when and people say that it's a decentralized medium that anyone with an internet connection and a phone can record a podcast. Well, yes, they can do it, but they can't necessarily do it well. So when you're thinking about ways to, to podcast, I would say at, at an elevated sort of level, think about sort of the advice that Dan is giving and, and then think again, like, does this sound easy? Um, and there is no such thing as instant gratification and um, overnight success. It's like building your personal brand or building your company. Amen. Couldn't agree more. So thank you so much, Dan, for being a part of Podcast 360. I knew the listeners would benefit from having this conversation with you. And I didn't have to think very hard when they asked me who I wanted to interview. You're the first person that popped into my head because I know I always learn something new every time we have a conversation. There is one final thing that we have to take care of. I have to make my final guess for the two truths and one lie. But I'm going to stick to my original answer, which is I find it really hard to believe that you haven't purchased a product or service after listening to a podcast. So I think that's the lie. You totally called me out. Of course, I've bought the mattress and the meal kit subscription and the website builder. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff. Uh, you, you read me like a book. Okay, perfect. I'm glad. I was I was a little concerned. It was like sort of debunking my entire philosophy on podcast advertising. I was like, it doesn't work on Dan Meisner. Maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> so again, such a great experience interviewing you and um, having you on the show today. To the listeners, you can find Dan sitting in the host chair on next week's episode where he has the opportunity to turn the mic on another founder or person in this industry. Dan, please let our listeners know where they can find you or any other shout outs you'd like to give. 
You can find me and Bumper at our website. We are Bumper.com and we have a blog there where we write quite a lot about marketing, measurement, understanding audiences and serving audiences. So we are Bumper.com is the best place to find us. Perfect. And many thanks to the Podcast 360 team for having me. And thank you to Dan for being my guest. Don't forget to check me out on last week's episode with the Sharon Taylor, the Sharon Taylor, and look for Dan in the host chair next week. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you for listening to Podcast 360, where you experience a 360-degree view of podcasting. Special thanks to the Podcast Academy and DCP Entertainment. Follow us on social media at The Ambies and at DCP Official on Instagram. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. <laughs>